Today, there are two million descendants of French-Canadian immigrants living in New England. These are our stories. Welcome to the French-Canadian Legacy Podcast. Venez tous jeunes fils et garçons, je vais vous raconter l'histoire de notre immigration ici au USA, de grands aventuriers de pays étrangers. This is the French-Canadian Legacy Podcast. I am Jesse Martineau. Now, today, I am very excited uh, to talk about a new project that sounds super, super interesting. Uh, this upcoming fall, the first online French-American school will be opening its virtual doors. The school is called Alpha Lycée, and the woman behind the project, as well as two others who work in the school, which is going to be really cool, are joining us today. I have Geraldine Germont, I got Thomas Renault, and Christine Heisman from the school, and they will be telling us all about the project. Geraldine, Thomas, Christine, all of you, welcome to the French Canadian Legacy Podcast. Thank you. you. We're so happy to be here, too. Awesome. Now, I'd like to start by kind of getting your stories to kind of find out how you guys ended up on this project. So maybe, Geraldine, we'll start with you, because your accent, you don't you don't sound like you're from Massachusetts. So... <laughs> <laughs> so I wish I were. <laughs> so maybe you can tell us where you're from. Okay, I'm from France. I'm um, from a very small village between Lyon and Saint-Étienne. It's a small village, 700 inhabitants. I just grew up there and then studied in Lyon before moving to the U.S. for supposedly one year. And it's been <laughs> 22 years. Nice. So, yeah, a lot, a lot happened in between. Yeah, what brought you to the States? What brought me was um, I was supposed to stay here one year, take classes in English, history, English, and go back to France to teach my subject, which, which is history and geography, in English, what gotcha. we call in French European classes. So I was supposed to be trained in a sense here to acquire, you know, fluency in English and go back. And I never went back. That, <laughs> that's a story, you know. Uh, for gotcha. a couple of years, my previous high school, they called me and said, are you coming back? And I said, no. And I, uh, the third time they understood there was no coming back. So that's awesome. That's, that's a story. <laughs> well, I did notice that you and I have something in common that we I think we both hold degrees from the George Washington University. Which oh, is you do too? Okay. I do indeed, nice. yes. Nice, colonial. Okay. That's right. Hail to the buff and blue. That's right. So, yeah. Thomas, where are you from and how did you end up? So, I'm also originally from France. I come from Rouen in Normandy. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, that's a crazy town. That's, I love that town. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And uh, I moved to Boston when I was... Uh, 25. Uh, that was a long time ago or so, 17 years. And uh, I've been working with uh, Geraldine for 17 years in, in a school in Boston, in a French-American school. And uh, that's how we decided to start this project. Now, that's awesome. All right, Christine, what's your story? Uh, so my story, I come from Burgundy. Uh, and I, uh, I arrived in uh, Boston in September 2002 to teach uh, drama in French, in a French-American school. That's where I, uh, I met Thomas and Jardine, <laughs> and we worked together for 17 years or so. And this summer, we, we, we work all together around the table mm -hmm. and... Uh, this is it. This is the project. And we like are it. very, very excited. No, that's awesome. Uh, maybe you could tell us, uh, before we get into the 
the online school, what is the French American school about? Because I don't think a lot of my listeners will even be aware that that this exists or who who would go to a, this kind of school. Yeah, the, the school exists, you know, it's been, you know, um, you know, existing for the past half century, I would say, 1962. It started, you know, obviously, like, you know, like the stories of uh, in a basement of a house and then the basement <laughs> of a church and then first floor and um, and second and all that. So it's been a school um, where obviously they started with a primary, um, primary school and then secondary school. Um, when we started, when I started in 1998, we were just opening ninth grade. So the high school per se has been, you know, um, here existing in the Boston area for the past 20 years. And this is where I worked for the past 20 years until I, um, um, you know, resigned. I left the school in 2018. So about a year ago. Um, but during that time, you know, it was the whole process of building a high school, a middle school and a high school. Sure. Uh, for French and Francophone, not only because we, you know, the school uh, had opened also an international track leading to the IB, which is maybe more familiar for some families, not so much in New England, but much more, um, you know, um, present in the Washington DC area in the South too, but not gotcha. so much in New England. The, the school, the International School of Boston, this French American school, um, you know, is, was, is still the only one French American school in New England. You have to go to New York to find the same school. No, that's awesome. And so students just come in and they get the same kind of subjects that other students would have. They just the whole days in French. Yeah, yeah, it's a mix. Uh, it's a mix, but yes, they will they will study everything in French. Yeah, but that's awesome. So where did the idea to have an online school come from? The story actually started maybe years ago when we were all just discussing about how we could have you know our own school at some point. When I left the school. I created, um, you know, Education and Conseil. It was more like a, a company helping French and Francophone students, you know, with their college counseling questions or, or sure. maybe issues. You know, there are not a lot of people who can explain and guide students to go to Canada, to go to Europe, you know, besides the U.S. So that was yeah. my, my take, you know. And then sure. after a while, I discussed the first two, and then we'll talk about the two other colleagues. The first two I talk about, you know, the... The online course was was Toma actually Toma and Christine and uh, we'll talk about Valerie and Olivier the two other um, co-founders as well where we say okay why why should I stay just doing it for college counseling why can't we do what we've been doing for a while helping students online helping students you know getting back to the French system or from the American one getting it was just we've been helping a lot of students for a while online Thomas has been you know coaching students for math. Even college students, you know, or French students, you know, sure. online already. Christine has been coaching for five years, students and young adults or adults, you know, online for, you know, life, you know, coaching and social emotion, social emotional learning um, skills. Valerie, the other co-founder, has been also in, uh, in many projects like startup online, financial learning, how to invest your money online. That's awesome. And Olivier has been also the, the one in charge of the French and literature and philosophy has extended you know experience with podca podcasting and a lot of videos and and even teaching online when i was you know at the head of the of the high school you know sometimes we had snow days you know in new england yeah, so of um, <laughs> it happened sometimes so and we you know we had you know started you know kind of another habit but if needed online teaching the kids were at home and we were still able to continue 
especially sure. in 11 and 12th grade, when it's time is pretty, you know, it's, it's intense the last year. You need to be ready for the exams. The exams change, the days do not change. You have to be ready. Yeah, so right. Thomas and Olivier and Valerie were, were just teaching online, for example. So the online teaching is not new, except that we were just doing it in our own, you know, subjects. It just happened, like, why don't we build a structure where it would make sense, especially for students who could not be, you know, enrolled in a French school, who could sure. not be living in New York or Boston or close enough to a high school, uh, because you have plenty of programs, you know, for primary schools in the U.S., I mean, more than secondary school. Yeah. But it's either too far away, it can be too expensive, or, you know, there are various, you know, situations where students cannot, you know, follow French classes. It can be up to the baccalaureate, the French baccalaureate, and we'll get to there, you know, uh, yeah. in a few minutes in the details. But the, the, the fact that, you know, we wanted to have this program, the French program, accessible by a lot of students, by a majority, by everyone who wants to, in, sure. in, uh, you know, uh, in a position to, okay, the ones who can only afford it or live in the city where it was it is still, you know, now uh, possible to do it. There's only 14 high school, you know, in the f French high school in the U.S. So it's wow. not enough, you know. Sure. Um, now, what will a class look like if I so, was a student? Oh, so the class and after that, you know, maybe you can jump in. The, yep. the class would be, you know, students would have access to the uh, online courses through videos at the time they want during the week. The courses will be open every week. That means the students will access the courses like if he was, you know, in a classroom, a regular classroom, except that he will be in charge of watching the videos and doing the homework. It's going to be a very interactive also way of learning. It's not just being passive in front of a video. There will be interactive assignments and little quiz and, you know, so, something that will make them, you know, obviously more interested um, sure. in the subject. But they will be free to to watch the videos during the week at the time that is that suits their schedule. But at the same time, teachers will be available like like Thomas for math or Olivier for French will be available twice a week for 30 minutes. Then there will be office hours uh, where students will have to log in, but okay. they will have different times available. So gotcha. there will be the independence, you know, autonomy from the kids on their yeah, own. Absolutely. But at oh, absolutely. the same time, there will be the rigor of being you know, the mandatory two sessions, um, but they can pick. It's like college, you know, schedule. You pick, you have six or eight different times and you pick the half hour that suits your, you know, your after after school activities. Um, we don't want to impose a time a day. Otherwise, the flexibility of online classes disappear. Sure. Um, it disappears. So um, that's going to be the week. And let's say Monday starts the math class and, and Tuesday maybe the... French class, you know, for one week, and then at the end of the week, there will be a mandatory office hours at the end of the week where the teacher can summarize or, or take notes and feedback from the students and explain the following week. What we want is to keep the structure and the rhythm where the kids are not let are not on their own for everything. They are on their own to learn and acquire the knowledge and skills through videos, assignments that we give. Sure. But at the same time, they have to meet their teachers live. And this, they will meet in groups of six students maximum. No more. If I'm a student then, I have basically all week to yeah. check out this video, knowing that at the end of that week, I'm gonna have to check in and they have will a chat be, yeah. with an instructor. Yeah. 
and in the middle of the week too. 30 minutes in the middle of the week, you choose, but at the end of the week, another 30 minutes. It's easier for students to find 30 minutes than an hour. An hour is way too long for a teenager. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no question. So 30 minutes is enough, 30 minutes with six kids and twice a week. The fact that they meet in the middle of the week is to make sure that they're on track too. So it's a mix of being independent, but not so much. You know, it's like, you know, preparing them for what's going to happen once they leave high school in college. You will go to class, but it's up to you. You have to go to class. And at the same time, you will be offered a lot of review sessions and seminar hours. You know, we want to replicate this kind of prep for college, but in in high school. So that's for us. It's a the great transition because they will still spend their day in the American high school. Right. So they will still have their friends, their social life, their classes, their regular classes. It's just the independence and autonomy that will be built, you know, during, you know, the years that they spend at Ophalice. Yeah. That's cool. Now, and how many classes would you expect a student would take at any given time? So from uh, six to uh, 10th grade, we offer only French and mathematics, both uh, in French. The, the, the mathematics, for example, uh, I use what is taught in the American system and uh, I built on the American experience to, uh, to work on the methodology for mathematics, basically doing mathematics the French way. After in uh, 11th and 12th grade, uh, Gerardine, maybe you, you want to yeah. answer. So after this, you know, strong foundation in French and math, because this, these are these sub- subjects of the foundation of the success for future, for the future in 11 and 12. In 11 12th grade, students will follow the preparation for the French baccalaureate. The okay. new French bac is prepared over two years. It's not only one year, it's over two years now. It's, um, you know, there is a continuum between 11 and 12. So they will be um, following literature, history, geography, science. Um, They will have to pick three specializations. If they want to specialize in math and science, they can. If they want to specialize in languages and economics and maybe one science, you know, there will be some type of a la carte choices for these students. And in 12th grade, they will follow the typical 12th grade French say you know classes like philosophy and uh, they will have a kind of a, what we call a senior thesis to produce with a big oral examination for the baccalaureate and exams in, in again two languages and history geography i mean it's very it's it's very broad in terms of subject that they have to uh, cover and learn but at the same time in american school they cover a lot they sure. cover science a lot they cover languages they cover so much that we are, Ophalice will provide what's missing. The gap between, basically you have the American high school, you have in the end the French baccalaureate, and in between there are gaps. Like philosophy is not taught in American high school. Absolutely. Yep. So we'll teach it. So, so what's missing, we'll teach it. What's not missing, we'll take it as is, like English will obviously help them get ready for the exam, but there is nothing really that they will, they will work a to prepare for the exam, but their sure. English level will be way above, obviously, what is expected. Right. So yeah. f- for several subjects, you know, it's we can think about 95% of courses covered in American school and 5% by us. For philosophy, it's 100% by us. Right. And for science, it's in between 60-70% covered in an American school and we cover 30% of it. 
So yeah, it's, it's because the capitalization of what they do in American school that makes our system not only new, but transforming what we call bilingual and bicultural education, because it's not done yet. You know, we do a lot. We do other programs exist where you have the French back and you can import, obviously, American component. Sure. We don't do that. We take the American component. Right. We, we, we recognize the value. We recognize the learning. We recognize the, the benefits of this education to receive here in the US. We bring the additional piece that makes their you know, education complete as a bilingual and bicultural. And we know it works because we've been doing it for a while, actually. At, at our pre my previous school, I had families sometimes saying, OK, we want to have the American experience. What do you recommend? And I was recommending, OK, if you go to intense grade in American school, you won't do maybe chemistry. Correct, right. OK, or physics. Yep. If you want to come back and specialize, in science, you will have to cover that subject. So it, it's like, you know, geology is not taught in American school the way we teach it. So I was always recommending you have to do that. You, when you come back, the transition will be easier. So we have a lot of experience of between back and forth, American and French. We're just saying you don't need to go back and forth anymore. You can stay in American high school. We'll take care of the rest. But the rest is not just 100% French against 100%, you know, American. It's sure. uh, what you cover in the U.S. And we take care of, you know, the complementary, the, the supplemental, obviously, courses. Got you. What you're not getting when no. you're regular eight to, eight to three day. No, that's really no. interesting. Now, Tuan, maybe you could talk about this because I thought it was cool. I, I saw on the website you alluded to the, the French that is taught, I mean, the uh, math, excuse me, that is taught the French way is very different than the math that, for instance, I grew up with. And I'm just kind of curious, what's the difference and how the approach is different? Okay, so the main difference in the, in the American education, the way we teach mathematics is really based on the, on the technique of the math. You learn how, how to multiply fractions, you learn how to solve the quadratic equations. On the French system, we insist on the, where does the formula comes from? Uh, so you, we insist a lot more on the reasoning. So gotcha. in the French system, we do, for example, we use geometry. We start teaching geometry in sixth grade, oh, wow. all the way down to to tenth grade. And the goal is to build the reasoning, so students are able to probably build a, a proof with five or six steps uh, as soon as eighth grade. Uh, and we're going to transfer that knowledge of reasoning in algebra, and we're going to start doing challenging proofs using sure. algebra. So it's not not it's not only the results that is important, but uh, how you got there, and uh, the justifications as crucial are the results. So because we spend so much time on the reasoning, the French system is uh, a little bit uh, behind in terms of technicity. So for me, the perfect profile of a mathematician would be a mix of an American student who's usually very strong in the technicity of algebra because you do so much drilling. Sure, yeah, it's very mechanical, right? Yeah. So that's what we're going to use. We're going to use the American approach on just going through exercises, master the technique, uh, go as fast as you can on a test. Sure. And we're going to use the French system to build 
the reasoning skills uh, to understand not only not only to know the technique, not only to know the formula, but to understand where the formula comes from. Basically, he allows the students to retain it better and longer. Sounds like a pretty awesome opportunity for students to have each kind of system reinforce the other, which I think is really neat. Exactly, yes. That's very cool. Now, will your school be offered year-round, or will it keep with this traditional late August through June schedule? Yeah, it's going to be like a regular school schedule. You know, we have to be aligned with the also the, the American middle and high school, because when we talk about high school, we, we will offer courses from six to 12. Um, but, you know, yeah, September will probably leave, you know, let a couple of weeks, you know, students to get, you know, used to the their school buildings and schedule and we'll start probably mid-September until June. Yes. That's cool. Now, maybe you can walk me through one of these individual one like teacher sessions that you were going to have a couple of times a week. Is this just going to be, you know, the student in front of a computer talking like over Skype one-on-one -on -one with their instructor? Is that, and they're going to basically review what that lesson was and kind of make sure the student understands? Is that kind yeah. of deal? You know, basically, you know, teachers will have, um, they will offer different times. As I said, the 30 minute slots, students will have to pick two of them and the main subject. For me, for example, the main subject will be math, will be French, obviously French lit, and some heavy, you know, courses like sciences too, the specializations, what we call, you know, the subject is specialized in. This is what we call the, the most important courses in terms of weight for the, for the back. For example, in history, geography, like my subject, I won't need to see them every week. It's going to be more every two weeks because the weight is different. You know, in the okay. French, for the French baccalaureate, some subjects are heavier than, than others. So we'll also have the strategy of making sure that, you know, the, the supplemental, you know, obviously courses match the, the weight for the French back. They will be prepared for all subjects, but they will meet on a regular basis. And the regular basis is twice a week, 30 minutes, six students maximum. The teacher will be here to obviously check. He, he or she will have access obviously to the assignments, done the quizzes that the kids took or didn't take yet you know in the middle of the week and making sure that they are not falling behind because it's it's very it's like in the in a regular school brick and mortar school you know you sure. come to class if you're not ready if you didn't do your homework there is a problem yeah. so yeah. here that's going to be the same midweek you know take you know take the pulse you know, with six students, you know, where are they answering their questions? You know, if there are any issues, teachers should know, or the teacher will obviously ask, you know, question that will guide the students towards, you know, mastering what they need to master during that week. The end of the week is critical because the end of the week is really, you know, like students in any, you know, for any teacher with a, you know, pedagogical background that the one we have in multilingual, multicultural also aspect, and even a monocultural, monolingual school, you need to know that your students are on track every single week. You can't just, a teacher cannot just leave student behind and say, we'll see in a couple of weeks or in three weeks from now, if you, if you understood. No, we need to know. If we need to know, uh, you know, at the time, you know, if, you know, you understand what will be expected from you. Sure. Next week. So the, the end of the week is crucial to as a liaison between the previous and the next one. Without that, students are missing this the time frame and the rigor of showing, discussing where they are. And that's what's missing in many online courses, I would say. 
There are plenty of courses available online. And what usually people are complaining about or, or not, you know, or not satisfied is the lack of um, supervision on a weekly basis. Sure. So that's how it's going to be working. And Thomas in math, maybe you have some. Yes, so the, the, the class would be uh, six students maximum, uh, depending on uh, the success of the students. Maybe we'll go over, it's a, it's a principle of a flipped classroom, uh, meaning that the learning will be done by the students at home. Uh, and then during those office hours, when uh, it's a live session, we'll go over their homework, review their mistakes, probably do a corrections uh, all together. Uh, shared screen, by the way, we share screens, students, teachers, you know, it's very interactive. Obviously, I work at a school, uh, a university that does a ton of online classes. And one of the things that we challenges we always face is the students uh, having a tough time often uh, getting to know each other, kind of get that relationship between the students. And I was just kind of worried. Uh, I'm curious how you guys are going to approach that issue. So, so this is my job. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. We assign yeah, already. That, <laughs> you, you make a good point. It's not because we, we are going to be an online school. We, I want to create a community. I want the kids to communicate between each other through same interest, uh, share experience, share questions. I'm, I'm going to be the person who's going to create a community and give the opportunity to all our students to feel uh, belonging to a very specific experience and to know their peers, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yes. And at the same time, uh, we really want to develop. It's not because it's an online school. It's a fast food school. You know, you go, you go in front of the computer, you pick your class, you take what you, you take your class and it's done. We really want to create a community, but at the same time, we really want to be the partner of the student. We are his the partner of the student, what is your project, what is your vision, to help him, to help the student to have a clear vision of who he is, who, where he want to go, what is his needs, what is his project, and to be a strong partner for in his education. Oh, that's interesting. It, we have I'm... tools for that, that's social emotional learning support, personal development coaching, to help them to better understand what kind of person they are, to better understand their uniqueness. Everybody is unique and to better understand that and how they can put that in motion in life through their education. Yeah, no, you alluded to it. I may as well stay there because I think this is cool. Uh, you are going to offer academic coaching. What is that going to look like for the student? Okay, academic coaching, some students struggle up to, you know, seniors sometimes with their time management, their organizational skills, you know, and it's about three times a week, 30 minutes checkpoint. We start with three times a week, 30 minutes, because this is where we plan for the week. There is, you know, what, what are, what's your work for the week? And how are you going to approach that? The goal is not to give all the answers. The goal is to make the students comfortable enough after a certain number of weeks or months to be, to be the one creating his own agenda, and you know organization of the week sure the experience i have you know i had students for about three months i was you know meeting with him three times a week now it's barely once a week doesn't need me anymore the, the, the goal is to not 
to not get a coach forever. The, the, sure. the goal is to get rid of the coach. <laughs> Once you have developed those skills. Exactly, right? especially before college. So the academic coaching is much more, it's not tutoring. It's, it's really putting the kids, you know, in the situation where he knows he can be successful. He just needs, he's just lacking some tools, some external support, I would say. It's not the teacher. It's not the parent's role, but an external neutral, you know, where he or she can tell whatever he wants or she wants feel, you know, if he feels stressed about something or he has a long-term project, doesn't know how to handle it, you know, but the goal is to get, you know, to get rid of the coach at the end. You know, we want every senior students to be completely independent, completely autonomous, ready to tackle college in a, in an, in the easiest possible way for him. Um, and I'm talking about only academic coaching, uh, but it works very well. And the 30-minute slots are are really the perfect perfect time, per perfect length for, for, for teenagers because it's hard for them. You know, we, we want them to keep their extracurricular activities sure. up and running. We don't want to say, okay, you join a fallacy and you have to get rid of that. No. So, and I found, you know, with several students, you know, half an hour is easy and we can adapt to them too, you know, to their schedule someday, it is going to be Thursdays, another day, hey, can we meet a bit later? Yeah, you know, we have the flexibility is very appreciated a lot by the parents and the students, but they learn how to be independent. And this is what, you know, we will spend a lot of time, you know, on this independent learning because we want them to know how to reach out for questions and help. We want them to be the owner of their own learning. Sure. And, and and it's not that it's not done in school. We're just going to reinforce that and make sure that once they reach college and university, whatever, you know, the issue is, whatever the issue is, they will know where to go, who to talk to, take charge, be the owner. Don't wait for somebody helping you help yourself by asking the right questions to the right people. So that's academic coaching. Christine will be in charge of more like the social emotional learning coaching. Yeah, that's a different aspect, that. but that, that's a, com you know, that's yes. also a very... It says complement. Yes, yes, it's very, very complementary. complementary. Yeah. yeah. Want to talk a bit about yeah, how please you do. proceed a little bit? Uh, yes, it's, it's uh, social emotional learning. It's really about um, to use tools to better manage the stress, to better understand what stress me, about to better understand what is my motivation and how to nourish it. Because sometimes during a, a, a school year it could be long, so sure. you know there's moment. Oh, I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. So to keep motivation alive, uh, for example, to really, really identify what is my project, not only what I want to study, but what kind of person I want to be, what kind of life I want to live, what kind of uh, surrounding I, I want mm -hmm. to have around me, and really to yeah yeah taking care of the well-being i think and the it's well -being, a, yes. i yeah. think that the, all the all this you know discussion that's been on and on and for a very good reason we need to have this discussion about inclusion about well-being about you know taking care of yourself and others these are the roots you know we, without that you can't learn well you you can feed everything you want to a student if he or she is not feeling well about himself, about herself. Of course. If he or she is not, doesn't have that drive every day to be, to find, you know, a, a purpose. You know, it doesn't have to be like the goal or finding the job of your life. That's not that. It just, you know, taking care of your well-being because you can take care of yourself. You can take care of others. 
But if you don't have that, you can't learn at the highest of your potential. And all of us, the five of us, have always helped students, and even the ones you know who do not believe in themselves, and this is exactly where we were obviously interested in helping even more. Sure. You know, we have a lot of experience with also yeah. that aspect of education. It's not only teaching subjects or content. It's much more than that. And the well-being and the social and learning skills, it's, 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 uh, it's impossible to really reach the highest of the potential of a student if he or she doesn't work on that. It's a, and that's, that's why we have a special area, very, very important about this community creating that community, creating safe space to talk sure. online. That's not a problem. On the, on, the, on the contrary, it's easier to talk online to one person or in a small group than in front of 25 people, uh, sometime in class, when you want to acknowledge that you, you have an issue or you don't understand or whatever. Sure. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, that's part of a fallacy too. Yeah. No, that's, to me, that that's something I've, it's fun. I've talked about, I used to be a teacher and my mom's been an educator for 40 plus years uh, that we've talked about. I've gone through a lot of training on emotional intelligence and seemingly every study that's ever been done is when you judge, you look at people who are successful in life, that emotional intelligence piece is often way more important than what their actual IQ is. Normal schools don't address that at all in the regular yeah, exactly. curriculum. So I think that's really yeah. neat. You guys are taking that on. That's cool. Yeah. And this is, uh, I think all of us agree that this is the most important aspect of what we're doing. It's because we saw all the benefits of believing in a kid, following a kid, um, taking care of their well-being, making sure that they feel safe, you know, um, even discussing any topic of, you know, about what they want and especially acknowledging that they need help. I, I saw that, you know, also during the college counseling time that happens between mostly 11 and 12th grade, students have a hard time acknowledging that they need help for, for no, no matter what the topic can be serious, not serious. This is probably the most important skills that, that you need, that you have once you get to college or when in life is acknowledging that at times you need help. The good thing is reaching out to the right person for help. But, no, but the first steps, you know, for, the, for a teenager to acknowledge that and tell my experience that in math, because math, you know, it's mo I mean, often a subject where students you know, yeah. build a lot of anxiety, you know, uh, require, it, it requires really courage and strength for students to admit or to say that this is not easy for me or, you know, I, I want to be better, but I don't know how. No, making the first steps is always the hardest, but we want to make sure that all students at OFALICE feel safe of approaching these, whatever question they have. It may not be issues, just questions and feel sure that this is a safe, safe space to do that with all of us, any of us. One thing we have brought up a couple different times is always a super important stakeholder in education now is the parents. The involvement of the parents uh, is always super important. Um, and how does your collaboration work to involve, you know, some of the parents that you're going to be working with? So parents will be involved. We, they will have report quick reports on a monthly basis or more if needed. If we judge that it has to be every two weeks or every week, we'll do it. But on a regular basis, every month and every trimester, they will have a full report about what's going on, obviously in terms of understanding, knowledge, skills, but also well-being. The, you know, we, we plan also to have um, an app where parents will be able to access, you know, the progress of their of their kid. Very easy 
uh, up to access, you know, where the kids stands, uh, where their kids stand. We firmly believe that picking up the phone, it's not, you know, from the past century. It's really good to pick up the phone sometimes, call right. mom or dad and say, hey, we'd like to tell you this and this. We are not calling automatically because there is an issue. We want to also keep them informed that something is going well. Sure. And it doesn't take that much, but it's huge. It's huge for the parents. It's huge for the kids that they know that they are taken care of. But monthly, yes. And three times a year, a full report with comments and on topics, results, you know, achievements, and also social emotional learning, you know, whatever, you know, um, can happen or not happen for the good or, or, or maybe some issues that they face, they will, they will be kept informed. Yeah. But I, we, we firmly believe that a quick call is always, you know, it, it, it solved more than yeah. 20 emails back and forth <laughs> what's going on. And For you know sure. that as a teacher, yeah, that, and especially the, you know, the writing part is sometimes, you know, creates frustration for nothing, whereas quick conversation eliminates all these, you know, maybe supposedly understood things, you know, that, that come in the way during, you know, education, I mean, the school year. Sure. Well, this entire thing is awesome. This entire project is tremendous. Maybe in, before we close, I do want to make sure to get across one question, which was about the baccalaureate exam. Because I think a lot of my listeners are probably going to have no idea yep. what that test is, what yep. it's about, why you should take it, what it takes to prepare for it, how many days it is, when you pass it, what does that get you? So <laughs> we just get you like a primer on what this test is about. Okay, so uh, this test happens um, between exam in 11th grade and exam in 12th grade. This exam is about 200 years old, okay? It's old. It has been revamped and the last, you know, reform, I would say, change happened. It's happening right now. The new format of the baccalaureate will take place in June 2021. So the baccalaureate is um, a worldwide recognized uh, exam, most demanding, as recognized as most demanding, and a secondary school exam, meaning everywhere in the world, wherever they apply, students, you know, the baccalaureate is recognized in the US, Canada, Europe, everywhere, because it's a national curriculum, because it's been, you know, 200 years now that it exists, you, you have this solid, you know, recognition approach of what students acquire over these two years. And, and I know, yeah, for a fact, like here in the U.S., you know, it's, uh, it's very well recognized. It's not known, but it's very sure. recognized as a very a solid prep for university. The plus compared to a high school diploma is like it will open more doors outside the U.S. The high school diploma, you can study in France, yes. You have opportunities, but they're limited. You can study in Italy, you can study in Germany, you can study anywhere, but it's going to be more limited because you don't have this national curriculum where all subjects taught for the back are taken by students everywhere in the world. There are about um, every year, if I'm not mistaken, and, and the, the numbers, you know, are obviously fluctuating from one year um, to the next, but there are about 14,000, you know, students taking the French back outside France every year. Wow. There are about 400 in the US, about 400 in, in, in Canada. So you are about less than a thousand in North America taking the French back, okay? Sure. But everywhere, it's the same. I mean, the same, the same approaches, the same in India, or the one taking in China, in Africa, in Europe. The exam varies, the questions are different, but the content taught, the content and skills are the same. 
no matter where you are in the world. So this strength is recognized very much so, and it opens a lot of doors, many more doors to students who take it and succeed, obviously, at it. Um, so what we want to build is, you know, offering the possibilities for students who've been in the American system or coming back and forth or coming from any other part of the world to join when they live in the U.S., they have this, this opportunity to join Ophalisee and acquire this extra diploma. People, students who will be tested, obviously evaluated. I would say it's, I'm, it's better for us to use the word evaluated and tested. We evaluate the strength of the students. We're always evaluating the strength. Sure. French, math. If we take a student in 11th grade, it's because we know he or she can finish with a French back and a high school diploma, both diplomas. These both diplomas will, this is the value added. This is how you're gonna you know, differentiate yourself in the US, in Canada, or anywhere else in the world. You are capable of thinking in two different, you know, system, different way of thinking. You don't sure. teach history the way I teach history in French. You, math, as Thomas explained before, you acquire different ways of thinking. And I think this is what really is expected from future students and students nowadays, is to be adaptable, flexible, um, to, to understand different cultures, possibly different languages. And that's going to be minimum of three for all our students is three languages. Wow. At pretty high level, French and English and another one. And then one more. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's mandatory. One more is mandatory. And they can pick the one they want. They can pick, uh, they can pick Spanish. Spanish, Italian, Mandarin if they want to. Oh, wow. Um, but, you know, and at the end, what's more important is how you think. The way you think, how you, your brain has been exposed to different ways solving problem during you know the schooling you know six to twelve and that's the value added i mean many i mean we can elaborate obviously on on more than that but um it's basically uh the acquisition of of these possibilities to think differently and when you say think different is really your brain is not working the same way and it's not a matter of a language it's a matter of approaching the problem solving in one language and the culture in another. Like Thomas was explaining in math, the technicity or the reasoning, that's two things. You know, your, your, your brain, the kids, the kids will really be exposed in, in a way that is not done anywhere else, actually. Not, that, not this way. Sure, not this no. Way. is also dedicated to students who may not be completely fluent in French. Let's say they take French in middle school and then high school and would like to push a little bit further uh, the challenge of learning in French. And uh, we offer courses à la carte, meaning students can follow a philosophy course or physics course or math course in French. Um, as long as, you know, we you know, assess that the student is capable of following the course, it can be extremely uh, interesting. Uh, for students to follow classes like philosophy that do not exist in American high school. And also, Felice has a, a specialization in college counseling for outside the U.S., like international admissions. We do obviously help and, and, and guide our students for U.S. applications, but we do have also the service to help students going to Canada, U.K., I mean, the rest of Europe. This type of service is not easy to find and uh, we have extensive experience with you know high school diploma students you know going abroad 
and helping them uh, with with all the process of of, the, of admissions. Uh, as I said, you know whether it's Canada or the rest of Europe. So anybody interested can can you know contact us uh, for either courses at la carte or college counseling outside the U.S. That's, this entire thing sounds absolutely amazing. This sounds like a just a tremendous opportunity for any kid who has the opportunity to attend the school. This is so neat. Now, so where, if somebody's interested in the school, where can we send them? So you can send them to ofalice.org. Right now, the website will be complete um, next week. We'll make an announcement that the website is fully completed, you know, uh, after uh, January 1st. And we, enrollment will start January 6th, actually. So basically, it's going to our website or calling at um, 857-383-6544. And obviously we can follow us on LinkedIn and, and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. We'll, we'll be present everywhere. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll make sure to link all of those on yes. all of our social media accounts. So yes. this has been fun. This has been a really fun discussion. Again, talking with Geraldine, Thomas, Christine of the brand new school, Ofa Lycée, that's just going to create an amazing, amazing opportunity for kids to see things, to approach things, to learn things in a different way that they've never had the opportunity to before. I think this is awesome what you guys are doing. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you Thank very you. much. Now our fathers look at us and sigh with despair To think that everything they love we simply do not share But the spirit never dies, our culture will survive Each of us must choose how much to keep alive Each of us must choose how much to keep alive Special thanks to Josie Vashon for providing the music. You can find more about her at josievashon.com. This podcast was produced and edited by Mike Campbell. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at fclpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at fclpodcast for more information about the topics discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this episode.